Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana. Powered by the Montana Electric Cooperative Association. Your Montana Electric Cooperative. They do much more than keep the lights on for you. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. That's the 30%. That's the 30% that still supports Joe Biden for president. I No joke, I, I just had one of our listeners uh, send me a message and say, Aaron, I can't believe it. I'm on a Zoom call right now, having a meeting with all these folks. Somebody's wearing a mask on the Zoom call right now. And I said, that's the 30%. That's a 30%er. Some people, in fact, I had a message on our Montana Talks app earlier this morning morning from light brows in Harden and light brows in, in Harden was saying how who in the world are these people who still support Joe Biden right now and I and I said oh come on now you know exactly who these 30 percenters are you know exactly how to spot them and ding 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 to our listener that's on the zoom call right now and there's somebody wearing a mask on a zoom call yeah that's your 30 percenter Although I have to correct myself because I forgot that that new numbers are now out. 86% of Americans say that Joe Biden is too old for another term. Now, look, Joe Biden could be 96. Joe Biden could be 36. But what we saw of Joe Biden last week, I don't care how old you are, he is not up for the job. We all saw it with our own eyes last week. But then again, we've been seeing this for quite some time, haven't we? We were seeing it six months ago when John Tester said this on MSNBC. Joe Biden, when I've been around him, and that's not every day, but when I've been around him, when I've seen him on the news, he's absolutely 100% with it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and he's got, he's, he's, as we call his, his uh, cognitive ability, whatever you want to call it. I'm yeah. not a doc, I'm a dirt farmer, but <laughs> he's, he's fine. Yeah. He's doing a good job. I think Folks are making a bigger deal out of it than it is. Yeah, he's fine. Uh, Question, has any reporter in the Montana media, after this disastrous press conference with Joe Biden last week, asked even one follow-up question of John Tester? Do you still think he's fine? Do you still think he's 100% with it? Because you know they were seeing this over six months ago. And if they weren't, how could they still lie to you today after what we just saw last week. But yeah, no, it's no longer uh, 30% of Americans that somehow still stand with Joe Biden. Now, uh, okay, now I went to the journalism school, so a little bad at math. What would they be? 14 percenters now? 86% of Americans, this is at thedailywire.com, 86% of Americans, according to ABC News, an Ipsos poll unveiled yesterday, say he is too old for another term. All right, we got the phone lines open for you, 406-294-0970. On Friday's show, even though we were live at the Gate Show in Glendive, we told you the big breaking news that Congressman Matt Rosendale was running for the Senate. Well, four hours later, we got even bigger news. Donald J. Trump made an endorsement in the Senate race, endorsing Tim Sheehy, the Navy SEAL, as the Republican candidate. Uh, I'll, I'll share the full true social post from Trump and get your reactions and more after this. Serving the great state of Montana from the peaks of the Beartooth to the banks of the Clark Fork River. 
This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Well, that is true. To be fair, according to this same poll, uh, there was a, a majority of Americans who feel Donald Trump is, is too old as well. Although it's like a 30% difference uh, when, the, when the question is asked, do you think Joe Biden is too old for another term compared to Donald Trump? It's like a 30% difference. The number drops dramatically when asked the question about Donald Trump. And, and that's why, again, I want to say, you know, uh, to a certain extent, age ain't nothing but a number. And that's the difference here is that, I, you know, yeah, there's obviously folks who are concerned about, about Donald Trump's age. But then they see Donald Trump's ability and they're like, man, he's he's up. He's up for the job. He's up for the job like like no other. Uh, the way he he stands tall and fights back. I mean, these hour long plus rallies that he continues to, to host to these jam packed auditoriums and stadiums is just remarkable. But uh, but yeah, to be fair. Uh, there's uh, there's concern expressed about the age of both. One of our listeners pointed that out during the break, so thanks for that message. 406-294-0970 is the number for you. Yeah, apparently if we need a big news day here in Montana, I just need to hit the road and go for a drive. And then it's like a crazy news day. You know, I'm driving to Glendive last Thursday. Man, we get the, the Supreme Court hearing where even the leftists on the Supreme Court we're criticizing this effort and questioning this effort to try to remove Trump off the ballot in Colorado. Uh, even the leftists on the court were like, you guys are nuts. What are you thinking here? There's no justification for what you were trying to do. That's how I summarize it. And then, as if that wasn't big enough news, you had the, the angry lashing out of Joe Biden at this press conference where he demanded that his memory is fine. And then two short minutes later, he confused Egypt with Mexico, which is understandable given the sense that Joe Biden is allowing the Mexican drug cartels to terrorize this country. And, of course, you know, Egypt is having to deal with the terrorists in the Gaza Strip. So uh, it might be understandable why he confused the two on that front. Uh, but then, man, Friday morning, you know, I'm I'm in Glendive. We're on the road for this show. We got a packed lineup of folks joining us on the program. We get the big breaking news that there will be a uh, a primary here in Montana in that big U.S. Senate race. And then, literally four hours later, I pull over in Fallon, grab a bite to eat, let the snow melt off of the highway a little bit longer. Pull over there. I'm sitting. Sitting there, uh, you know, waiting on food, etc., and uh, enjoying the nice place there in Fallon. And boom, another big news story, a massive bombshell. Donald J. Trump officially weighs in endorsing Tim Sheehy for the U.S. Senate race here in Montana. Uh, if you go to our Montana Talks website, I've got the full Truth Social post from President Trump on our website right now. Uh, and, hey, not only does he say good things about about Tim Sheehy, he says good things about Matt Rosendale as well. In fact, he basically says, hey, uh, what a, a lot of Matt, Matt Rosendale's friends here in Montana have been saying, which is, Matt, stay in the house, stay in the fight there. In fact, Trump basically says if Matt Rosendale were to stay in the U.S. House, he'd have his endorsement there. But when it comes to the U.S. Senate race to take out liberal Senator John Tester, President Trump says this, and I'll, I'll read the whole thing in full. I love Montana. Tim Sheehy is an American hero and highly successful businessman from the great state of Montana. He is strongly supported by our incredible chairman of the NRSC, Steve Daines, 
and many other patriotic senators and Republicans who have endorsed our campaign to make America great again. Trump added this. I also respect Matt Rosendale and was very happy to endorse him in the past and will endorse him again in the future should he decide to change course and run for his congressional seat. But in this instant, but in this instance, Tim is the candidate who is currently best positioned to defeat Lazy John Tester and regain the Republican majority in the United States Senate. Tim is a political outsider, strong on the border, the military, vets, and our constantly under siege Second Amendment. He will stand tall in the fight against the radical left Democrats who are destroying our country. Also, he is far more likely to defeat Lazy John. <laughs> Trump included on this uh, true social post here. America First Patriot Tim Sheehy has my complete and total endorsement. So anyway, uh, massive uh, news there in the U.S. Senate race that came out Friday afternoon, all ahead of the Montana GOP's winter kickoff uh, event that took place over the weekend. And so it kind of raises the question, okay, uh, so far, Congressman Rosendale is kind of remaining defiant and says that he's going to stay in the Senate race. But, you know, the filing deadline isn't until March Till roughly mid-March, so it certainly uh, raises a question as to if he might reconsider between now and then and choose to stay in the House of Representatives instead, especially when you look at the massive gap in fundraising and, at least according to Trump's pollster, a massive gap in the polls. Uh, over the weekend, uh, Trump also uh, shared a, an internal polling mem memo from Fabrizio and Associates. Uh, and and uh, I've got that uh, that true social post on our Montana Talks website right now. Basically, it shows the difference in funding. Um, if you go to the if you go to the, the headline, this is the headline you got to look for. Flashback after Biden meltdown. Does Tester still think that Biden is fine? And then I do kind of a, a Senate race update beneath that story. And in this memo that Trump shared on Truth Social. It basically shows a massive fundraising gap uh, between uh, Rosendale and Sheehy. And according to a poll that came out, it shows Sheehy leading Rosendale in the race by 24 points, a 62-point difference from last March. So uh, anyway, interesting stuff. Phone lines are open for you. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, I told you about a story I've got on our Montana Talks website right now. Uh, then during the break, I had to pull up a story that we had on our Montana Talks website back on July 20th of last year. Uh, let's see, a, a listener in Lolo I um, can't read the first name here. A listener, Lolo, messaged us on our, our Montana Talks app here. Does she, he support sending American troops to Ukraine? Uh, let's see here. Uh, here's, here's the story, because uh, we had this exclusively back in July of last year. Tim Sheehy, it's time for the United States to end our involvement in this war and compel an immediate peaceful outcome to this brutal invasion of Ukraine by Vladimir Putin. We are a year into this war, and America has done our duty in stopping this vicious and unprovoked attack. And we must now demand a settlement which ends the killing of innocent people 
and the unlimited supply of arms from the United States. America should be focusing its energies on fixing our economy, which has been crippled thanks to Joe Biden and John Tester's wasteful spending and putting an end to the crisis at our southern border. It is time for us to end our involvement in this foreign conflict. Uh, Yeah, that was back in July of last year. I I remember when there were people that were criticizing, we've got American boots on the ground in Ukraine. It was like a handful of dudes at the embassy. We have a handful of dudes, well, and not just dudes, but men and women. We also have men and women at our embassy in Russia and countless other embassies all over the world. It's because inside the embassy you have defense attache offices. And yes, we should want people manning our embassies in these other countries. Uh, Anyway, very key. Uh, Let's see, 406-294-0970, the number for you. Oh, this is great. Uh, uh, Surprise phone call here from former state senator john brendan out of scoby john great to hear from you uh, good to hear from you uh, i was listening last uh, monday when you were talking about toby keith toby keith came up and sang here in scoby at the lion's big roar in 1995 along with hal ketchum wow really wow hal ketchum that's a small town saturday night right well, for about six or seven or eight years, the Lions Club had the big roar, and we had thousands of people every year for big names. We had all the top names in the in the country music field wow. up here in those years. You got to send but, me pictures from that. I, if I can share them on our website, I'd love to share those those photos. That'd be that'd be great. Well, I'd have to get some uh, people that I know in the Lions Club, and I'll try to do that for you. But, uh, you know, you were talking about the Electoral College, too, last Monday. And before we got this new Constitution 50, 51 years ago, we had even uh, uh, representation because each county had a state senator. Basically, it was just exactly like the U.S. Senate. And then the House of Representatives was based on population. And they took that away, and now you have the seven large counties basically running everything. That's right. And in eastern Montana and rural Montana gets their vote chopped up 50 different ways, and the university districts of Bozeman and Missoula get more power because there isn't that, that balance of power. Yeah, that was a, a great question we had from one of our callers, I think, uh, about a, a week ago, saying, hey, what do you think about having more of an electoral college-style system in Montana? And I said, you know, I, I wish we would have more of a... You know, where, yeah, your state house is still based on population, but yet, but you have a state senate that's based off of counties or some sort of geographically based so that, yeah, so that there is that balance of power. So you prevent mob rules because, I mean, take Democrat, Republican, conservative versus liberal completely out of the equation. It's about rural versus, if we want to call it urban. And, and, yeah, no, I completely agree. But that, that very left wing um, constitution that was ushered in the 70s. If they could change it in the 70s, why can't we update it uh, now for the Montana Constitution, the state one I'm talking about, not the federal? Well, you could do that, but do you think that the seven large counties would ever go for it? <laughs> <laughs> or the, the liberal mob on the Montana Supreme Court that, that that throws out whatever they don't like? Yeah, I hear you. But uh, talking about Tester now, Tester is just exactly like uh, – like Bacchus was the last year in his is before he's running. You'd think he's the most conservative guy in the whole wide world. And that's what Bacchus put on there. 
Well, you know, the Democrats are putting on about shady sheeny. Well, I got a good one that I think the Republicans should use. Uh, it's called trickster, trickster, tester, Schubert's <laughs> lackey forever. <laughs> I so like the, the two-faced two testers a good one. Trickster tester. Trickster tester, yeah. Uh, or two-faced tester or the flip-flop, flat-top, fake moderate, uh, right? Yep. So, By the way, did you, well, see anyway. his, did you see his latest restaurant bills here? Uh, apparently, he spent like ten grand at Bistro Cacao. Uh, Bistro Cacao must be some fancy Washington, D.C. establishment. Uh, uh, I mean, y'all, the guy's just raking it in, not just at the restaurant, but in the cash, the campaign cash, to, to, to trot out these lies that he somehow is trying to secure our border. Yeah, well, you know, if you would look at his voting record, I'll bet you that it's 99% of the time he votes with uh, Biden and Schumer. Oh, exactly. Oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Totally, totally against what uh, uh, Montana is, is for. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. Do you think so? So Chuck Schumer has this last best place pack. They're the ones that are funding these millions of dollars in attack ads against Tim Sheehy. I think it kind of it to a certain extent I think it's backfiring on them right now because because it's actually uh getting a lot of Republicans to rally behind t- the now Trump endorsed Tim Sheehy because it's like when they know that the Democrats are the one funding these attacks they're like they they know they need to rise to his defense. Well, uh, there's no question about it. The Democrats are going to throw the book at every Republican they can and this is a big pivotal race for the United States Senate. The one thing that uh, I, I'm sure that our, our Republican chairman, Don Kay, has, has done, now that there seems to be that there's going to be a primary, is demand that whoever wins the uh, uh, race for Senate uh, Republican demand that the other candidates uh, endorse him. Uh, that's the only way we're going to win, because uh, we have to have a united party. Well, you know, and my thing is, too, is like, hey, you want to be the guy to take on John Tester? Then start taking on John Tester. But but when you spend all of your time just attacking other Republicans, like, I get it, primaries are primaries. But but I think the best way to show that you're the man to take on Tester is to start taking on John Tester and calling him out here right now. Um, Yeah, and – well, what what do you think? I mean, just in terms of the Trump endorsement, how big do you think that was? Well, you know, that can go either way. I, uh, you know, I guess if I were running, I, I would like it. Uh, but, you know, not everybody that Trump has endorsed in the past has won either. So you wonder what endorsements do sometimes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, John, great, great to hear from you. I'm going to see you pretty soon. Uh, we got the, uh, the, the deal coming up April 5th. That's when I'm going to see you in Scobie, right? Right. Yeah. You're going to be our speaker on, uh, Reagan, uh, Lincoln Reagan dinner at Scobie, and uh, we look forward to you coming up to KCGM and uh, uh, broadcasting from there that day as well. That's right. We'll plan on that. Well, and even before that, uh, we're going to be at the Farm Expo in in uh, in Plentywood, so that's coming up in in late March. So Plentywood in late March, and then Scobie in in early April. Yeah, we're going to do the show from there, and then I'll speak at the Lincoln Reagan that night as well. Going to be a great time. Well, we're looking forward to seeing you. Hey, likewise, uh, former state senator John Brennan. Great to hear from you as always.
Thank you. All right, thank you. 406-294-0970 is the number for you. The other big news story that broke uh, over the weekend, this is an NBC News report about how the Mexican drug cartels are targeting our Indian reservations here in Montana, and in particular, how they're targeting Native American women. You know, what's been one of the biggest news stories here over the past few years? MMIW, Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women. Remember the the red handprints on the posters, on the signs at the protests and at the rallies and at the parades in downtowns from Missoula to Billings? Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women. Is it any surprise to you that now in this NBC News report reporting on how the Mexican drug cartels are deliberately targeting our Indian reservations here in Montana, NBC News specifically mentions how they are targeting Native American women. Now, think of everything that the Mexican drug cartels are known for. Think of what they do with their human trafficking operation that they're operating on our southern border right now. These Mexican drug cartels slaughter families. They slaughter cops. They slaughter uh, women. They behead people. They will hang your beheaded body from a telephone pole. So when you read this NBC News report that talks about how the Mexican drug cartels are deliberately infiltrating Native American reservations and specifically trying to lure women into their operations. Could it be any any surprise to suggest that somehow maybe some of these missing and murdered indigenous women were targeted by the Mexican drug cartels? But you notice how that never that questions never really come up in the Montana media. In fact, you notice that if you read this entire NBC Montana report, you'll be like, wow, how come most people in the Montana media never report this stuff, never report these facts? You know what's what's really cool is is uh, I, I got a phone call earlier this morning from Stacy Zinn. She was the head of the DEA here in Montana, and she's featured prominently in this NBC News national news article. Mexican drug cartels are targeting America's last best place, and she told me the reason NBC News did this story and heard about this story is because they heard our conversation with Stacy's in on yeah, this show out in Montana called Montana Talks. And so I'm just so thankful that that the work we are doing here and, and the phone calls made by you and the conversations we have on this show are finally getting these important stories on the national radar, even if many folks here in the Montana media completely ignore them. This is where Montana Talks at with Lane Nordland. As Valentine's Day approaches, U.S. consumers are paying more for chocolate products as confection manufacturers raise prices in response to soaring costs of cocoa. Cocoa prices are nearly 65% higher than they were one year ago, and New York futures prices are at a 46-year high. While consumer demand has remained relatively strong, higher retail prices are poised to take a bigger toll on volume sales and stifle category growth through much of this year. According to new research from CoBank's Knowledge Exchange, cocoa prices are likely to remain elevated until a new African crop comes to market in late 2024. Consequently, additional price hikes for chocolate confections throughout the year are likely, and any rebound in consumer engagement with the category 
is unlikely. Just something to think about as Valentine's Day is this Wednesday. And if you forgot about Valentine's Day, this is a friendly reminder to go buy your loved one either chocolate or, or beef. Beef is always a good option. Just don't forget Valentine's Day is this Wednesday. In other news, at the Billings Livestock Commission on Thursday, feeder steers under 650 pounds were 12 to 18 dollars higher, while steers over 650 pounds were five to ten dollars higher. Five and a half to six weight steers, three twelve to three dollars and thirty seven cents, with these six to six and a half weights priced at two dollars and eighty one cents, all the way up to three dollars and eighteen cents. On my North Mund Ranch. Serving the great state of Montana, from the peaks of the Beartooths to the banks of the Clark Fork River, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, let's jump right into the phone lines here, 406-294-0970. If you got something you want to talk about, uh, real quickly, I, I got a great message from Evelyn Pyburn. Evelyn, aren't you supposed to be on taking the day off? <laughs> I got a great message from Evelyn Pyburn. Uh, we have to quit asking if Biden is too old. I, I agree with you. I think the fundamental question they're asking is the wrong question, Evelyn. Anyway, she says age has little to do with it. We should ask if he is too infirm. Regardless of Trump's age, they only wish he was infirm. No, I, I completely agree, Evelyn. I mean, I've known 90-year-olds who can run circles around some 40-year-olds. Right. And so and, and who are still with it. And, and Donald Trump shows that he's still with it. So, yeah, if you ask the question, are they too old? Well, yeah, you know, they're getting up there in years and you got to be concerned when people get up there in years. OK, can they do the job? Do are they mentally fit to serve? That's the real question here. And I think anybody who saw the press conference last week knows the answer uh, on that one. Uh, of course, four zero six two nine four zero nine seventy. Let's go to Frank in the Flathead. Frank, good to hear from you. Hey, good morning. Hey, morning. Regarding these uh, cartels, one of the things you really got to be mindful of is just uh, we just got to leverage our state and local laws to really fight this. These cartels are very sophisticated. They establish a base of operations. They begin to surveil our local officials, particularly law enforcement. I have you know experience with that. They will develop uh, case files on them and uh, use them strategically when they need to to influence people and uh, leverage them. And I think, uh, you know, maybe not much hope federally, specifically with the reservations due to jurisdiction, but we do have a lot of authority for our own laws. And uh, and I know we have a problem with the judiciary here in Montana. You know, but secondly to this thing, uh, regarding the missing persons, it's, you know, that Wind River Range movie was a great movie, you know, just from entertainment perspective. But what a bunch of BS. The, the bad guys are the evil Bakken oil workers, you know. Hey, just maybe it could be some other reasons. That's uh, in the report. Yeah, well, I asked uh, Stacy Zinn when I chatted with her earlier, and she said, no, very clearly we suspect that the drug cartel operatives are behind this because they, they have extensive sex trafficking schemes. And so, yeah, when you have Mexican drug cartels infiltrating and deliberately targeting uh, Native American women, it's not a big leap to think that somehow they are, they are uh, stealing these women and then getting them involved in their sex trafficking operations. Or if they resist, uh, you know, ending their lives. In fact, 
one of the quotes, the New York posted a story based off of this, this NBC News report as well. And one of the quotes that stood out to them came from Stephanie Ironshooter, the American Indian health director for Montana DPHHS. She said this about the cartels. They know who to choose. Just like any other prey-predator situation, that's how it is. So she's basically saying the drug cartels are preying on Native American women here in Montana. Yeah, they're very sophisticated. They want to expand their business just like any you know, other. I mean, they use business principles to expand markets and develop franchises. And uh, it's just it's. It's a big problem, and we really need to wake up to it. I'm a, you know, we got multi-varied problems, but it, you know, that's one that we seem to potentially have some uh, ability to fight locally, uh, even though the border is, you know, we need a multi-pronged approach. But at least uh, make our laws very tough here and the penalties very severe uh, in here in Montana, and discourage them operating here. Yeah, you got to hit them on all on all fronts, uh, full spectrum. You know, it was interesting. So. I want to get your take on this too, Frank. And by the way, we've got phone lines open for you, 406-294-0970. If you call in right now, we should be able to get you on. I know usually our phone lines are full, but no, but we've got some open for you right now. But Frank, I want to get your take on this. So um, via Twitter, I, I shared this NBC News story via Twitter or X.com over the weekend. And uh, Tony Bynum, uh, hey, he seems like a good guy. I don't know him too well, but, but great photographer. But he's definitely on the left, uh, definitely left of me. Um, but he said, uh, hey guys, we've been dealing with this since the 80s we've had you know cartels and drugs and and i get that but again that's where to me you this is a this is a forever this is the infinity game that right this is a forever war you're always it's just like murder right oh well why do we keep prosecuting murders we're always gonna have murder yeah we've been having murder since cain and abel but that doesn't mean that we stop prosecuting it just because we don't end all murders right and and this is the same type of thing and and we see that what yeah have we always had this i mean have we always had this problem have we always had a problem on our southern border yes oh absolutely we have a problem because i you know we get a bigger issue the nature of man uh and and people can be get addicted to these drugs and i do feel compassion on people to become addicted and i just hate the people that push it but i i'm of the mind that the war on drugs was working and one of the greatest myths was that if we just legalize things and decriminalize things and have more treatment we're going to have less problems that's been a big lie and perhaps maybe private joker could weigh in on that (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, i i think the war on drugs was working uh and locally just just in you know my own experience uh, not in law enforcement, but working on the streets as a first responder. Uh, the amount of opiates and just the amount of people you encounter uh, in all communities, not just, you know, socioeconomic places that might be typically pop culture defined is where you're going to find this up. Everywhere, people get pushed into these drugs, and uh, it's just expanding markets. There's, I mean, it's, let's face it, there's a version of a Tupperware party for uh, cannabis now. And uh, I'm sad that Montana legalized uh, cannabis. It's 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 a real problem as well. And yeah. Just again, multi-pronged approach. But yeah, these things. And are a lot of people were fed though. were fed false information. Oh, if we legalize it, it'll do away with all this illegal activity. Uh, actually, no. In yeah, Colorado, yeah. it got worse, and in Montana, it's yeah. getting worse. Surprise, surprise. But there was so much money behind it, and and there's a lot of people that think this is this this is the pot from the '70s when they were at at the Aberdeen Kegers, and it's like, no, man, this nope. is 20 times crazier. Nope. Uh, Alex Berenson's book on uh, what every parent should tell their kid about marijuana. It's very objective. 
Yeah, I need to do that. I remember seeing some of his commentary on Twitter. Yeah. Well, Frank, great to hear from you. Thanks for calling in. Uh, yeah, we should get the, the Joker's take on that uh, one of these days here as well. And I, I got I to remember who this speaker was that I got a chance to hear speak one time. But, but th- that was the crux of, of, of a, a message that he delivered is like, guys, we as Americans – that's, that's why so many people were watching the Super Bowl last night. We love a first quarter, a second quarter, a third quarter, and a fourth quarter. We love the end of the game. We want a start to the game, and we want an end of the game. But for some of these problems, there is no end of the game. It is the infinity game. It is the infinity war. And you have, just like the fight for freedom, there's a lot of people who thought, oh, World War I, it's the war to end all wars. And we always think that we're going to end war, we're going to end murder, we're going to end... No, we're not. It's just going to be a constant fight. Now, what we've seen, though, is that was the border a problem under Trump? Yeah, that's why he was trying to, to do more to secure it. But it was a heck of a lot more secure under under Donald Trump than it had been uh, uh, in decades. And then now we see the way it's literally on steroids uh, after Joe Biden flung the gates completely wide open. All right, Frank, good to hear from you. Let's go to Lucas Schubert. Uh, Lucas, great to hear from you. Hey, yeah, it's Lucas Schubert uh, running for state house here in District 8 in Kalispell. But I just wanted to talk about, I mean, what you're saying with all of these, uh, all this crime, all this drug, and even human and child trafficking that's going on in Montana. You know, for me, I think that the state, you know, something that I would love to accomplish in Helena is going and actually setting up a unit of a statewide law enforcement agency and giving them just everything they need so they can, using, I mean, military tactics, frankly, go after these cartels go after any organized crime, anyone doing this drug and human and child trafficking. It needs to stop now. And the state can take measures. They haven't in the past. So that's something that you know, I think needs to happen. And we can also look at just like you said with uh, you know, Trump, even though Trump was president, there still was problems. But he was actually seeking to solve them. He was actually seeking to go out there and get stuff done. And I think, likewise, we can do the same in the state, just saying, listen, you know, if you're here illegally, you got to get out, leave. So there's a lot that needs to be done. And I I know you're on Twitter, and a lot of our listeners aren't, but we waste time on Twitter so they don't have to. (laughs) But, but, I mean, you see see the left, you see the journalists, the so-called journalists. And for the last three years, what have they been doing when it comes to our southern border? Oh, come on, guys. Oh, come on. And even if they do write about meth or fentanyl in Montana, they, they ignore the southern border. They ignore the Mexican drug cartels. And, and they just constantly give John Tester a pass. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous because these journalists, they come up with one picture of uh, you know, like some you know family of immigrants trying to enter the border. And they say, oh, the humanity. Meanwhile, you know, 90 percent of I mean, these people, they're coming in through the cartels, paying the cartels. And they're being abducted and sold into slavery by the cartels. So yeah. it's not to say and and that, people in their own backyard are being slaughtered by the cartels. But oh no, look at this picture from south of the border. Crazy. All right, hold that thought. We got to take a quick break. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, powered by the Montana Electric Cooperative Association. Your Montana Electric Cooperative, they do much more than keep the lights on for you. 
This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, so great to be taking your phone calls. We can talk to the talking heads any day of the week, but the show is called Montana Talks because it's the show where you get to talk. 406-294-0970. Let's see, Kyle and Kyla, stand by. Uh, real quickly, since we got cut off by the hard break there, uh, Lucas Schubert in Kalispell, you wanted to say something also about property taxes. Uh, what, what did you want to share there? Yeah, no. So I wanted to say I, I actually put something into the Interlake, but they haven't printed it yet. So I don't know what uh, what they're doing with that because I put that in a while ago. But what we need to do as a state, because, uh, you know, like I said, I'm running for legislature, but we need to get serious. We need to get serious about property taxes because these high property taxes are pricing people out of property they've owned for a lifetime, and it's a huge problem. We need to cut the rate that property taxes are paid at, and we need to base property taxes primarily off of purchase price. Now, I'm running in a contested race. My opponent has actually voted, Tony Brockman, he's voted to force counties and cities to mill extra property taxes for bureaucratic, unelected organizations. We need to take this seriously. So for wherever you're at in the state, talk to your local legislator and tell them, cut property taxes next session because it's something that needs to be done. All right, Luke, it's great to hear from you. Uh, 406-294-0970 is the number for you. Hey, by the way, I get I get candidates all the time. They're like, hey, can I get equal time? Uh, yeah, uh, he just called in. You can call in. You can call in. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a great way to get anybody a chance to call in, even folks who aren't candidates for office. Kyle and Kyla, what's going on? Thanks for the call. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, if we don't, start dealing with the drug problem and the human trafficking problem and the illegal immigrant problem like Israel is dealing with Hamas, we're never going to get it done. Uh, the reality is we need to make, if you're, I think we, by personal opinion, that we need to, if you are caught drug trafficking, human trafficking, if you're convicted, if you're here illegally, you are, uh, deported once, the second time you show up, your exit, I guarantee you, you will cure the problem. But until we deal with these guys the same way we're dealing with Hamas, we're not going to get it ever done, just like it hadn't been done under Trump, because the bureaucracy uh, is is uh, too entrenched. And well, I'll tell you what, you know, the Democrats will say, well, wait a minute. What about due process? OK, you guys don't want due process for Donald Trump. But now all of a sudden you want due process when it comes to the, the terrorists that are that are terrorizing Native American women in Montana. I really like uh, a General Paul Vallely's idea. He's got that lily pad strategy where basically you create special ops driven forward operating bases along our southern border and 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 you start going after the terrorists uh from there go after the cartels from there uh and you know, but but again just like just like joe biden is is trying to appease the terrorists in the gaza strip and criticizing our friends in israel he's also been leaving the gates wide open for the terrorists on our southern border as well you know aaron the Unfortunately for us, the, the, the entrenched societal norms that we have been, we're living on and living in 
is killing us. And until we realize that we're in a war for the survival of this country, we're done. We're going to lose. Yeah, I think people realize that this year more more than ever, uh, especially given everything that's on the line here in 2024. Uh, they, they really realize that the future of our republic is on the line right now. I mean, this effort to try to remove a presidential candidate off the ballot, just absolutely insane. Oh, by the way, uh, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas was on Meet the Press over the weekend. Uh, John Jackson, the joker from Twitter, that's where I saw this uh, this clip from Meet the Press. Uh, although I, I think we forgot to print the actual tweet up. I, I, uh, John, of course, had a great one-liner to sum up Mayorkas on this one. No doubt there is gridlock on Congress, but do you bear responsibility for what is happening at the border, what the president himself has called a crisis? It certainly is a crisis, and well, we don't bear responsibility for a broken system, and we're doing a tremendous amount within that broken system. But fundamentally... Fundamentally, Congress is the only one who can fix it. Oh, give me a break. Give me a break. So so what is Mayorkas saying? It's it's again, we're negotiating with, with hostage takers here. He's saying we will not close the border. We will not secure this country unless you give us amnesty for illegal aliens. That's the hostage taking situation. That's what that's what Mayorkas is saying. That's what John Tester is saying. That's what Joe Biden has been saying. They have the ability right now to do what Donald J. Trump did, which is secure the border. They just refuse to do so. Oh, uh, the Joker is coming. Uh, Travis pulled it up here. Uh, yeah, John Jackson, the Joker from Twitter. He's, he says Alejandro Mayorkas is a sociopath. That's how he summed up that soundbite. From uh, from Alejandro Mayorkas. Uh, by the way, they are moving forward with another uh, impeachment vote against Mayorkas. So let's hope they actually uh, have the numbers this time before they uh, they hold the vote again. But yeah, they'll sit here and say, "Oh, Congress has to fix this." No, they don't. You have the power to secure the border. Sixty-four, ninety-four plus executive orders by Joe Biden to allow this invasion to take place. You could reverse every single one of those moves and secure our border right now, but they want to demand amnesty. That's their hostage deal.